Hello and welcome. This is Reanimated. It's the podcast about all things zombie undead, otherwise moldering in the grave or outside of it. My name's Stuart. I'm one of your hosts. I'm coming at you from the West Coast. And joining me, the other side of this parallelogram is H.A. Conrad in New York. Hello, H.A. Hello, hello. I am happy to speak to you today. Um, this is our first, like, this feels like <laughs> kind of a big deal because all of us were, are dead was like a massive undertaking. And now we are on the other side of it. Do you have like different feelings about it now that it's kind of in the rear view or, or are you still consistent? No, I'm consistent. I, you know, I would see a, a sequel to that. Um, again, I really like what's coming out of uh, South Korea in terms of zombie things and horror things. And, um, you know, that was a massive undertaking. There were some really cool things about it. And, you know, I'm not as uh, curmudgeonly as Kyle in terms of my ratings of it. I really <laughs> had fun with it. Um, and I'd recommend it to people who are into the genre. Um, but, you know, I think I'm 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 totally fine with all of us are dead. I liked it. Kyle effectively gave it a D plus and, <laughs> and then went on to say that it was fun. <laughs> He's but, the best, though. He's yes. the best. That was fun having him on for that. Um, although I knew I knew he would not join us for uh, any Walking Dead franchise discussions. So and, sadly, we are without him today since we are talking about the first couple of episodes of season seven of Fear the Walking Dead. Yeah, man. I uh, to, to kind of like remind myself of where we left off, I will generally go back and like try to remember uh, what we had said the last time we finished up a season of The Walk of Fear or, or The Walking Dead. Did we say never, never again? We Maybe. kind of yeah. were fairly consistently in season <laughs> six saying, should we stop talking about Fear of the Walking Dead? Should we no longer be reviewing or recapping it because it makes us angry? Um, um, I think that that anger, that anger theme has continued for me into the season for so many reasons. But um, uh, yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about it, I guess. Um, I did refresh my memory by watching a bit of the because it was a little muddy to me, the, the season finale. And then mm -hmm. I remembered what made us so angry about it, watching it. Um, but anyway, but we're, we're into it. We made the decision. We're going to have to we're going to have to talk about this. We are. Um, we're going to have to talk about Bruno. No, <laughs> um, Bruno, but don't you dare malign the name of Bruno. Uh, I with know. Fear the Walking Dead. I know. Bruno anyway, did nothing wrong. Um, did nothing wrong. But anyway, so <laughs> but we're going to dive into it. We're going to talk about this. Um, but, but before we get to that, we did have a couple of uh, a couple of news items uh, kind of roundabout terribly written news items, but here they are. Um, one is the, and not terribly written in the, the terribly written in the roundabout way they get to whatever the heck they're trying to talk about in both of these articles, actually. Um, so we have a, an article about the, um, the Army of the Dead, Las Vegas uh, animated series that Zack Snyder is going to do. It's a prequel. And basically it's like the, the headline is that this whole thing is going to like change the whole franchise and took almost the entire article to get to the point, which is a little tough, but yeah, um, the eighth paragraph uh, screen rant editors is not where you should be making your uh, thesis right. statement. So Please don't the, make it that difficult. For me it's the, the clickbaitiest of clickbait, I would say, just for that reason. Um, I mean, they have plenty to say about the topic. They do. It's they just do. that they, the headline and the actual one sentence that has anything to do with it uh, are not anywhere close to one another. So, 
But basically, because it's a prequel, it's going to give us all sorts of new information, I guess, about the franchise. But um, so that's the gist. But go ahead and read the article if you'd like. Um, and uh, the, the second article is about um, an I Am Legend 2, which is tough to say what it would be. Um, if it will be, it seems like it's maybe a go. Um, we've, we've had this conversation before, so it does yeah. feel a little bit like deja vu. It feels like deja vu, and I just don't know what they would do with this. I mean, they made it very clear that the character played by Will Smith um, got destroyed at the end. The dog died. They make a point of that in the article. So what would you do with this? But I guess we'll see what happens. Um, It's interesting because I thought it was a really weird way to end this film, given the whole point of the, the short story by Heinlein, which is that basically... It turns the whole sort of, you know, last man standing uh, story mythos on its head because it turns out he's like basically the monster to the the in the in this actual story. It's vampires, not zombies. Um, It's it's Richard Matheson also. Sorry, Matheson, not Highland. Highland was like a sci fi writer. Yeah, you know, the two of them are crazy, but sorry, Matheson. Um, But in any case, it turned the whole idea on its head because Basically, it turns out like the the hero character who we think is the hero character is actually like the monster that all the the vampires are afraid of because he's like stalking them as they sleep. And it is kind of a cool way to to do things. And I was sort of surprised that they didn't go that way because it was such a different way to end something. Um, So I don't know what they're going to do with this ultimately, but apparently they are doing a second. The biggest news here. I don't know if you. Did you mention that Robert Michael B. Jordan is also supposed to be in this with uh, Oh, I didn't. With I didn't. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air uh, with Will Smith. It, like to me, that, that's the only news I think that there really is for this uh, potential sequel is that they have these two megastars signed up to do it. And, and sometimes that's all you need. Most of the time you need a lot more than that, like a good script. But sometimes all you need is two megastars. Yeah. And I mean, I love Michael B. Jordan, so um and i like will smith so i like let's see what they do with it and um you know that's all i have to say about that until we get more information again it's still very like tenuous yeah. and scattered at this point so we'll have to- none of these news sources are coming from <laughs> like variety or hollywood insider sort of sources it's more like uh, blogs but you know they've seemed to have have picked up on something that was leaked by a potential producer so watch this space yeah yeah um so so with that i think we should i think we should hop into some fear the walking dead um so to just remind those of you who care (laughs) it might be a lot of them it might be a lot it might be it might be um the, the the finale of season six was that basically they shot off these warheads and it was again over walkie talkie that uh Morgan told everybody, oh, it's going to be the end, not the end we wanted. And it went on for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And then and then, you know, against all odds, we had uh, Sherry and and Dwight hiding under a house with a family. We had um, our our trusty people in our little like uh, armored vehicle getting rescued by the CRM, it appeared. Oh, right. We yeah. had um morgan and grace it's weirdly like you know they ended they were going to kill themselves they found baby mo 
Um, yeah, like and, they heard the baby crying from inside the submarine, right? Right. right. So yeah. yeah. So they went um, out and saved the baby. But but then they and, shield and a, themselves under a truck. Like yeah, what? Yeah, they got they got through it through a truck under a truck. Uh, and then there's also uh, Jenna Elfman and uh, Keith right. Carradine. What are their characters' names? John Dory Senior and June. June. Yep. They and went they, down into Teddy's uh, Teddy, the evil villain from last season, into his bunker that he had like prepared for himself. Right. And uh, yeah, so so. Oh, and Alicia, um, I guess, was in another bunker to right. lead the people into the future because Teddy had taken a shine to her uh, right. after knowing her for about thirty-two seconds. Right. And Dakota just gets obliterated, and Thank then. You. Um, and then also Strand oh, yeah. finds a hotel with a historian that has taken these precious objects. Do you and think this well, is a hotel? It looks like an office building. Um, maybe it looks like then, a hotel to me or something. But anyway, they I'm they, very confused about this building. Like yeah, why why it had all this stuff in it to begin with? Um, yeah, it's confusing. Yeah, and he and at the end of last season, he meets Howard, who is played by God. Who who, who plays Howard? It's a it's a respectable actor. Yep. Uh, what's his name? Um, here we'll have Omar to something I think Omar uh, Abtahi yeah yeah Omid Abtahi and um, I got like once again Fear the Walking Dead has conned some like good actor into coming out of their show and what I don't know what his role is going to be but in these two episodes he's a henchman he is like, he is just like yeah, and it's weird because it's like he is this mild mannered historian that goes and like collects things, and I mean you have to guess that he's got some kind of survival skill, right? I mean it, we're ten years in, right? We're we're about I think on par with the timeline of the the Walking Dead Prime. I mean, so anybody so, who's been alive, anybody on the show has managed to survive in those zombie right. apocalypse. And they have a back and forth in this where you know Victor basically talks about uh morgan and talks about different kinds of people and then once they and he actually introduces himself as morgan jones and then after the warheads go off and the two of them are still like hanging out he was like ha 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 i'm not morgan jones i'm evil strand <laughs> and we go from there so that kind of leads us into yeah this uh this whole uh season there's been and, a time jump yeah. some amount of time has passed certainly uh, when we we get to know this character will in the first part of the beacon episode one and he has been scratching things into a wall and says that he's been living in this van for 50 days in, yeah like in the fallout irradiated area and uh how do you like okay so the showrunners shambles and Goldberg, long may they reign I don't mean that. Um, they decided to nuke their show, uh, right? And so they're no longer able to shoot their scenes on normal outdoor right. sets, I guess, uh, other than maybe the roof of that building. <laughs> yep. Uh, and in the sub. Where do you, and in, no, that's inside. Like there's outdoor oh, sets. Outside. Outdoor yeah, yeah. Uh, is gone for this yeah. show. And it yeah. was a fair amount of the show because it's a post-apocalyptic, society has broken down except there are way too many places with power somehow fear the walking dead has always operated on like the different set of rules from the prime show uh, there are guns everywhere still there's ammo everywhere still there are cars that run on 10 year old diesel um how do you from a production standpoint 
these outdoor scenes that we're looking at uh, with Will going through his survival, it's everything is orange. You can't yeah, see the horizon. The you can never see the horizon. You can never yeah. see more than like 10 feet away. What, uh, what's your, are they shooting this inside? Do you think, how are they doing this? Cause there's a lot of Girl. wind also. Yeah, I felt like they were maybe doing this Mandalorian style if they Ooh. had the budget for that or just like in oh, a man. desert or in a desert. And they're just like throwing some some like because it's like a lot of smoke and dust. Orange and they chalk. Don't, I don't know. <laughs> they don't really need all that. I mean, and, and that's the thing. It all kind of looks the same. And I will also say the decision to make this. Ugh, what's happened in this world seems so ridiculous to me because like, look. All these people would be dead. I mean, they just would be dead. Um, not maybe the people in the bunkers who have the food supply and air filtration. Fine. Maybe you're going to give them some amount of lifeline, but anybody, even like when they are showing any of these characters, both in this episode and the next episode going out that are protecting them, it's like they're protecting themselves until they're not. Um, they have little Geiger counters. There's no food. There's no water. Um, it is a wasteland and I even have some very specific, just complete doubts about the fact that how they explain that strand has like an oasis going on. Yeah. Weather, very, weather patterns. Yeah. Seems very just completely ridiculous. But it's, anyway, yeah. we've got Will and they're using him to basically show what the world is about. And they show him sort of like suiting up, but living in this like somehow protected van. He doesn't have, he has like limited water. He can't find food. Um, and then it's super depressing and, and he's just about to give up um, and then gets kind of rescued by strand people um, or more interrogated, I guess is a better way to put it. Added to this is a group of people that basically skin walkers for some reason and uh, uh, take their clothes, not skin them. Right. I don't know. Um, what does he call them? Scrappers or I don't sneakers? remember something stalkers. Um and uh, they, <laughs> the shootout that they clothes. have with, with strands with strands scouts later is kind of funny because the, the, the scouters, the, yeah. the stalkers are all wearing like plastic bags. All over yeah, them. yeah. But everybody has machine guns. This is one of these things where I'm just like, why? How? Why? I don't right. understand the difference. Like Gimple, what is Gimple doing? I don't know. But anyway, Will gets to, to the Strand place. We all know it's Strand. Even when we hear his voice, everybody knows that. And then Will gets to see this happy oasis that Strand has built. Go, go. Um, and, you know, it's it's all just a little unbelievable. Um, and ultimately, Will reveals himself to be part of a group that was like he knows who Alicia is. Um, and they, they really take their time getting to this point. Like, Will shows strand the metal that strand had given alicia but by the way there's a lot of those metals like how would it be the same i don't know like there's a well, lot of the only one it's the only one H. right there's like one a lot of, of assumptions being made on this point um and then strand decides to go out into the wilds to basically be led to wherever alicia is um and there's just a lot of like this slow reveal of who will is and as it turns out he was not necessarily part of the cult he was part of this um, like entourage of the of a, a senator senator. This is actually and, kind of an interesting idea if they had brought it up in an earlier right. season of the show. It's a little absurd that for 10 years, a senator and his aides were living in a, yeah. in a hotel basement. And right. um, and like it didn't fall apart because of anything that they did to each other. <laughs> it, it was 
Yeah, that's just weird. I mean, that, that's no weirder than like there's an office building full of co-workers who've been living together for 10 years slowly dying uh, of, of right. the Black Death or whatever it was. But yeah, right. uh, kind of, a, I don't know. Every so often, Shambles and Goldberg have a decent idea, but they almost always destroy it within seconds. And so, yeah. And in this case, we don't even get to see some of the cooler parts of this idea, or maybe some things will happen later. But um, certainly name drop Senator Vasquez yeah. like 13 times in this episode. But then they're like, he's dead. Right. <laughs> so like, I thought they were going somewhere with that. And yeah. they said that. And then, um, but basically, you know, there's this whole thing where Strand has built his little oasis, but you have to have use to be there. It's actually a little Negan-esque, honestly, um, that people have to actually like carry their weight. Um, and they definitely live in fear, probably of being thrown out in this case. So there's like, in addition to the zombies, there's other things that people have to worry about. What do we think are the yoga and painters room doing to like contribute to the society? Yeah, that's what I was trying to figure out, but they have to be contributing something. Um, Just because he said so. Yes. Um, So maybe we'll learn that later. But, um, you know, and they're they're growing strawberries, they're growing produce on the roof and their convenient reason for why they're able to do all of this is because the weather blew all the radioactivity away from them. It seems suspect, but that's where we're going. Um, And then, you know, and then strand out in the world with Will, they both reveal various things to each other. Um, You know, we've seen this with strand before over and over and over again. He's redeemed. He's not redeemed. He's redeemed. He's not redeemed. And in this case, they do their big sort of reveal at the end of the episode. But um, we also have some revelations from Will where like basically they talk in these like guarded and weird ways about leadership and fear and you know the ongoing sort of debate about what is the better way to lead people and will is like oh alicia threw me out because i wouldn't do something for her that would put her at risk and he was in love with her and and then strands like yeah but you can't you have to lead alone like it's this sort of an i for me this is an incredibly annoying because this is ground that has been like we we have we have walked this ground so many times, especially on this show, but also on the on the original Walking Dead. Um, and it's a little tired. And especially with to me, with Victor's character, it's like, oh, we're doing evil Victor again. OK, got it. You know, well, like yeah. I don't know. What did you feel? <laughs> I, I remember at the end of last season that I was actually kind of relieved that they were going to pick something for Strand uh, because they kind of just left him as an afterthought for a couple of seasons. True, true. So I was like, okay, you're going to make Victor evil. Fine. Um, and then when he met Will, the way he was looking at him, I was like, Victor is either going to screw this man or kill him or maybe both. And I kind of liked the fact that that was those were my choices on the menu right, for right. how Strand was going to interact with Will. It was either like I'm going to you're going to become my property or you are going to die. And maybe you will become my property and then die shortly thereafter. It turns out that he they did not uh, connect amorously, although I felt like there were some. Yeah, it felt like there were some vibes there. Um, uh, I did like that, you know, Strand tries to kill Will multiple times. Four or five? And so I think it was sort of like when he finally does it at the end by tossing him off the building. um, It's kind of like, oh, okay, so that's where we are. Um, And basically he does it 
because Will has revealed something about himself that he doesn't really like, which is that he did go out to try to like find Alicia. He did want to, he is worried about her. Victor even admits, he's like, I guess I really, I need her. And so do you. Like he has these moments of opening up where he's being honest in that moment. He's like, I need Alicia. But he also reveals that even as he's saying that he has just built, brought it back this like lighthouse beacon to create a giant wall of zombies around his fortress so that she can never get to him. Like, right. I, I, I'm curious about this writer's room. Like, I, I would love to be a fly on the wall in there and be like, do you, do you guys even like talk about the, the inconsistencies yeah. in your plot? Right. Like, right. You, is that even a thing that comes up? Or are you just like, yeah. And then after all of this development, we're just going to throw them off the roof anyway. And Strand's going to say, I've been doing this for another reason that you haven't, uh, you wouldn't have thought of because it's bananas. Yeah. Um, it's also a ton of effort to bring that light thing and have fuel to fuel it. And like, d- why don't would forget they... that in the next episode, uh, freaking Howard and some scouts are outside the compound again. Right. So, right. so it's must... not like, it's not like that. Yeah. I don't know, like all these inconsistencies and this is just the first episode. I was like, oh no, writer's room, what are you doing? And we even have this incredible like lead up to finally Strand and Will get to the bunker where Alicia had been housed with the, these like doomsday people. And instead of leaving like a note, or, like a real note for Will, it just, just a ridiculous note that says Padre with an incredibly mystical painting set up behind it. And like, it's just like, oh, good Lord, really? Um, so anyway, I like- Can, this- can I just also wax on uh, slightly about this this bunker concept, yeah. which we never got to see inside of no. until this episode. I <clears throat> I don't know if you've ever read the, the book series called Wool by, uh, I think his name yes, is Hugh yes, Howie. Yes, yes, yeah, I love that. There uh-huh. was an opportunity here to, you don't have to go full wool. Wool is like a multi-generational bunker story. This would have been a- maybe a year, maybe a six month bunker story, yeah. but you could have had a cool bunker story here. You that could have had just... a bottle episode just about the bunker, right? Yes. And because all you get is from Will saying like, she was locked up with people in the cult who she wasn't a part of. And yet, you know, she could have been bitter like you strand, but she chose to lead. And it's just like, yeah, they, they just don't want to do any of the actual work on this. Um, and so by the time you get to the bunker, it's empty and, and you don't really care. And we're going to move on because she's moved on. Uh, so I guess. Right. All but of that- also, also, can we point out that had they done that, you also would have been saved from some of this like insane bleak outdoor stuff yeah. um, to say, um, or at least saved for a little while. I don't know. It just feels like um, I don't know. So we'll this to... is this is a disappointing beginning for the season for me. I, I feel like I have come into other Fear the Walking Dead seasons, and the first episode, I'm generally like, oh, okay, yeah, I see where they're I see where they're going. This could be interesting, and I see where they're going here. It's going to be a Morgan versus Strand, uh, like last season was a Morgan versus Virginia, and the season before that was uh, I don't know who Morgan was versus then maybe it was uh, the Dirty Woman or something. Yeah, but it's one of these, and, and then you know clearly Alicia's going to be out there somewhere as some sort of um, live wire, uh, finding Padre, which is probably code for Kim Dickens, I assume, since they spoiled that she was coming back this season. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so, so yeah, season episode one, I was just a little bit not feeling it. Um, I'm not loving Strands like 
obsession with like antiques. He was always into fine things because he is a, like a gold digger, right? From season one of the show. He was always into like good scotch and yachts and nice houses, but he was never like a fan of history. And so for him to be like wearing this little military yeah. cap and carrying some dead guy, you know, some old general sword and thinking it's a big deal. I mean, maybe he would get into that because. Mm, but he is into costumes. He's into status, right? He's into costumes and status. I mean, remember when he was with Virginia's people, Wearing he had his, his yeah, little outfit. Ranger. He had his little thing going on, his key. Like, so I think he's into whatever gives him some kind of sense of power, maybe. Okay, that could be consistent. I just like his horse is wearing like a, a little saddle blanket that looks like it's from the Revolutionary War. Uh, there's just they're they're putting all these details in there that like he is Napoleon and uh, or some right. you know post-apocalyptic zombie version of Napoleon, and that's clearly what they're basing his character on. I think <laughs> it's like me power. Um, so far, not loving it, but uh, we can yeah, move on. And, and again, and again, we can talk about how his buddy, his his right hand man, our now is just sort of fully supporting him in every way. Um, so anyway, jumping yeah. into the next episode, which is called Six Hours. Yeah. And this is this is, you know, definitely a Morgan Grace and Mo story Joint. and. It begins with a, a type of horror uh, with which I am painfully familiar, which is the never ending crying baby horror. Yep. Yep. And it is a horror and I don't blame them for that. But again, this is like more of the same in terms of seeing the bleakness of what what is outside, the danger of what is outside, but the seemingly uneven way that they apply protective gear. I mean, at least with these characters, you have Grace, who has some kind of knowledge of what um, radioactive uh, poisoning will like what what radiation will do. We know that she has all this knowledge and they talk about it and they talk about how, you know, they have to have protective gear. They can only go out for six hours at a time and they have to like switch off. And again, there's just no way that this would be. And there were no there'd be no way that these characters would have survived, um, in my opinion. Um, but anyway, we're going with it because that's what they've done here. Um, and, you know, they cut but they go to great lengths to explain some of the safety things that they are doing, um, you know, to their outfits, to their little Geiger counters. Um, but much like the Will character, they can't find food that isn't contaminated. So it's like a very bleak thing. And the little baby Mo just needs food and she's just crying because she's so hungry. And, you know, ultimately I think the kid probably would have eaten something. Um, it's hard for her, but she probably would have if she was that hungry, but. Um, They're trying to like feed her chopped up uh, like yeah. canned peaches and stuff. Yeah. And that isn't an ideal first. I would say that's probably not a great first food. Like first, yeah. first solids you want to have like, oatmeals and lentils and yeah, mashes yeah. mashes are really where you want to be uh but i think some kids like eat beans at a yeah very, very yeah early age. i mean um, i just think if a kid's that hungry they're gonna do it and they could have done the peach juice or something but anyway yeah, kids are also like the most stubborn creatures on the face of the earth and so they might <laughs> mo might legit just be like nah nah you go get me some formula i will just be here crying until um, you return I will admit my biggest fear about what was going to happen in these scenes was that one or both of them would spontaneously start lactating or something. Ugh. So I, I was afraid that that's where this was going to go. 
I don't know. It felt like maybe they would do that because they've done some insane things here. So I was like, oh, thank goodness they didn't do that. Uh, um, yeah, no, they, they went the other way. Instead of Grace like developing a maternal instinct, she's yeah. like, I just want to kill myself. Like that is Which, Grace's major theme for this episode is I didn't sign up for this. We were about to shoot ourselves when uh, when we heard the baby crying. Like, right. They were going right. to do one bullet, two heads. Yeah. Or was it two guns, two heads? I forget. No, but they no, had no. Some, it was, it was Morgan going to shoot himself through the head, which would supposedly then go through Grace's head. So, <laughs> um, yeah, a tale, uh, a, love, a loved story to last the ages for sure. Um, and I did like how they showed how sort of, you know, I mean, Grace is still dealing with the trauma of losing her baby. And this was where her head was at. Also, remember, she did leave, le- she lived through like um, a radiation incident at the last place, watched her uh, partner die, who had been Athena's dad. And And, Athena basically soaked up all the red. Yeah, and and Athena died. And then it's, you know, she's got a lot going on. um, And she's really just like having some incredibly difficult things she's getting through. That said, you know, Morgan is just like, hey, we're going to live like this happy, normal family. Like he's got the blinders on because I think you can notice that that Grace is dealing with stuff and maybe he does notice it. He just doesn't want to deal with it or doesn't want to talk about it because he's maybe afraid of making it worse. Um, but he creates this like crazy escape car, which I think was kind of cool. Um, I don't know that he'd actually yeah. be able to do that, but he did. And he has he did like, it in six hours. Right, right. Um, and and they make their escape. Um and then they're seeing even more of the devastation. So we see all this other stuff. Rufus the dog is still hanging in. Uh, let's um, talk also about their treatment of animals. Um, none of the horses get protected right, here. And, right. the, and Rufus is just wandering around outside with right. his very, you know, very bloodhoundy nose and face exposed to the, to the elements. Um, I mean, I think every animal that's ever been on this show, Skidmark, Rufus, all probably should be dead by the end of episode three, I guess. Right. And they don't really give any reason why they wouldn't be. And they're in really good shape. Like, like unless like even with um, Strand and his horses and then the horses kind of run around and conveniently avoid all walkers, too. Yeah, they just the tie up. They tie up. Wait, there was one scene where they just left a horse outside. It was outside the Franklin, I think. Yeah. And after they leave the Franklin, they show that they're back on the horse riding away and there are zombies everywhere. But the right. horse apparently just like tied up in front was fine. The, they're just really picking and choosing what they want to do. Uh, they don't want to apply their rules evenly. I think you've said that already, but it's yeah, it, it's just frustrating. Yep. Um, but anyway, they're they're rolling around, and then you know, Grace has a freak out about you know her dream song because she can't deal with it, and they uh, you know have a moment where they're like run off the road or something or like. Uh- <laughs> skidding yeah. out on the road and how can again, two adults not figure out how to eject the tape and why is morgan driving fast enough that he can bend a wheel through right, a town right in- it has nothing going on in it by the way just saying and then they run into you know two survivors and it felt like maybe grace had run into them before and the other they were in the store they were yeah so yeah. so how far away is this and how it's did three they hours here? they've been outside for three hours based right. on the timer so they've right. driven for three hours. They've used half of their fuel. And these two people on foot are 
right, right there who they already saw. I don't know if it was the same day or earlier that day or the day before. I don't know, but regardless, they have magical winged radioactive radioactive feet or something. But um, so these two, they- B and Fred, all wrapped up in bandages, <laughs> a little bit like uh, the, what that some you know some other nuclear horror stories that you've seen where they're all like falling apart. Except Fred. Fred is wearing bandages, but he's he looks basically fine when you finally see his he face. He totally looks fine. And it's like, why are you doing that? I don't understand. Um, so so they, it's a fairly familiar trope of this is our baby. We're taking this baby. We're going to get this baby somewhere safe. Uh, remember what happened to the last baby? You know, some hidden, not hidden, yeah. some some worried stuff. Uh, there's an exchange between Grace and B later where she's like, oh, are you from this town? And B's like, yeah, we all grew up here or something along those lines. Fred, meanwhile, and H.A., I don't know if you can back me up on this, is clearly from Pennsylvania or Maryland. He has a strong accent. Oh, yeah. He's he is not a California boy. <laughs> he is not any in any way a Texan or California. Or Sorry, Texan. Yeah, we're in Texas, not California. Yeah, yeah. But it, not a drawl. That is a that is a clipped. Uh, yeah, either Pennsylvania, Maryland sort of accent. And I'm just like, this is not a guy who came from this town. Uh, I don't know why. I don't know if this actor just has comes with this a- accent. And he's like, this is it. This is all you get. Or yeah. if they were like, hey, do a do something like Mayor of Easttown uh, for our show. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever it was it was so funny to me yeah also it was really strange so anyway um there, there's all sorts of things going on they they lived in this town and had little like cans wired up to each house which i was like okay um and basically we we get this like we have this incredibly frustrating um to me anyway, I don't know, maybe you liked it, but I did not. Um, this frustrating group of scenes where they think the baby is there, but it's not. They're talking about getting out. And then like uh, Morgan and Grace, are, or especially Morgan, is trying to use like this psychology to say, hey, we'll all get together. We'll save the baby. And um, and all of this stuff plays out. And I mean, I just don't like I just don't buy so much of what they're selling in these scenes. But um, first of all, these two people have soaked in enough radiation that they are a danger to everybody they're around. They basically suggested that after they picked up the can of formula in the store earlier, that it was too radiated to use anymore. Right. Right. Because she has it to the Geiger counter. They come in, she hides. Right. They leave. She goes, gets back out and picks up. A, I feel like it's the same can that had read yeah. clear before. Yeah. And now yeah. it is like off the charts. And this, they're touching the baby. Right. And then she's like, oh, well, they could she'll survive them, but not what else is going on. And it's like they're just like this uneven application of science is very disturbing. Um, so anyway, and then they're both like somehow crazy thinking that this is their baby but then they know it's not their baby. Like it's a really convoluted way to tell the story. Um, and then also, it adds all the through- running back and forth from the car to the garage, from the car right. to their house. Sometimes we end up in their house with their crazy wall map on the wall where yeah. they've got the circles. It's just, again, with the, with the, whoever was putting this episode together, it was just like, yeah, they're just gonna, you know, they're gonna keep running into buildings and, um, don't worry it's going to be like one of them's going to be their old house or something yeah uh, and then the, one of the most frustrating parts of this episode is when robocop shows up yeah and uh with with their you know their evil truck that makes evil revving sounds and has yeah. evil spotlights uh yeah. and then morgan shoots robocop three times 
and I'm, I'm sorry if I'm spoiling the end here, but it's Emil's brother. Yep. Uh, clearly, it's Emil's twin brother. We don't know his name yet. We All we know is that he has Emil's head in a box. Mm -hmm. The box has Morgan Jones on it. So Emil's brother is apparently gifted like Emil was. It's played by this. He's played by the same actor also. Mm. Oh, God. Had to get him back in the game, right? Yeah. And I'm forgetting his name. Oh, wait. No, I, I wrote it down. It's Demetrius Gross. And I do like this actor. I just don't like this is a super soap opera-y sort of, uh, um, you know, a method here to be like, ah, oh, you thought you'd killed me, but actually now, yeah, I, I know. now it's me again, but a different me. Um, and so uh, my question here is, how did Emile's brother even remotely find Morgan in this in this scene? Like, he just drives up in the, in this in this town, three hours away from where they had been last, and somehow, even though he is a good hundred feet away, knows that this is Morgan when he has his little monologue at the end of the episode. Exactly, exactly. He's barely even seen him, and again, he's never seen. He's just seen his name on a box. Right, you've never seen his face. Like, how do you know it? Unless well, maybe, maybe it's because Rufus was there, and he's like, ah, oh, if you had Rufus, you must be Morgan Jones. What? But why would he even know that that's what had happened to? I don't no, know. Any, anyway, no sense. it's all a little, again, convoluted, makes no sense. Um, but ultimately, we have Morgan Jones and and Grace coming to some kind of understanding. Grace saves the baby. She decides she wants to live. She just and they shoots go, Fred. Fred yeah. hasn't even touched this. Like, so they're, they're suggesting that Fred yeah. killed Go Emma the other baby. and Fred is going to kill Mo. And he's just got his hands out and he's about to put them on her face. Uh, and <laughs> Grace just shoots him in the head. Does not, he doesn't even get, he doesn't even, well, I mean, maybe he's irradiated. She doesn't want him to touch her, but he, she also gave Mo to Fred to say, keep her quiet. Like, so Fred has already right. been holding the baby. That apparently is no longer a giant concern. Uh, but she, you didn't. Did you think that that was a bit abrupt? Yeah, I thought it was abrupt, but also, you know, the whole this this whole couple and their whole story is bizarre, and they're trying to get to Padre again, this mysterious thing, and nobody's supposed to talk about what it is. And I'm like, oh my goodness, like, are we really gonna do this stupid thing where it's like this mysterious thing and? Yeah. Nobody wants to talk about it. I mean, and the payoff is going to be something that lame. is not that exciting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they've also kind of revealed that they tried to drive out east. Same thing that Morgan has been trying to, you know, to do, and that's how they got so disfigured and burned. And they're like, "You try to go out there, you're just going to get as bad as we are," because all the fallout was blown that direction. Which I guess you know, possible. It it's it feels a little too. Um, it also feels like a plot device to keep them near strand uh, that is unfortunate. Yeah, definitely. And like, why wouldn't they just then say, okay, we won't go east. We'll go north. Right. We're already three hours east of where we started. Uh, I assume they're going east. Maybe they are already going north. I'm not really sure where they were. They're on the coast of Texas. So maybe that means actually they're like a Corpus Christi area and they have to go west or north. Um, but either way, they've been driving for three hours. They should be able to change direction and, uh, and and find something, I would think. But now the show has been like, nope, everything in the direction you were going is bad. Therefore, you the only way you can go is back the way you came. And so that's the decision they end up making. I guess they really wanted to use their submarine set. Yes. So they can they go back 
And then they run into Howard um, and his men who were on the sub and not shockingly offer to give Grace and the baby a spot. Um, and Morgan's name is Mud with Strand. And, you know, the, the again, the- This was a of, scene with Howard where I was just like, is this the, the uh, mild-mannered historian that we met at the end of last season? Right. Suddenly he's all like, suddenly he's all tough. He's a henchman. And I'm just sort of like, huh, this is curiouser and curiouser, but cool, cool, cool. Um, and- also, the fact that they just kind of take this story with no sort of um, it's strand we're talking about. And the fact that he has supposedly built an oasis that is, you know, all the things that this guy's saying. I just don't know that Morgan and Grace would have believed it totally. Right. Or at least that I feel like there would have been some skepticism there. But OK, you got to move the plot along. And uh, definitely not shocking that. uh they don't believe him really, or they do believe him, but like they don't go with him and then miraculously discover a whole store of food <laughs> in the sub. And so they're okay. And they find it because Mo is crawling across um, yes. the floor that in their kitchen where, so they have, they've spent many an hour in this room, I assume, uh, and had never noticed <laughs> there's something under the floor until right. Mo crawls across it. Right. Um, when, when, when Howard is like, you're not invited, Morgan, you're, you're, you're not, you know, you're persona non grata. Uh, and I'm just remembering back to the last episode of Fear the Walking Dead of this, of last season. It was Strand who tried to kill Morgan. Strand yeah. was like, and Strand knows that he was the instigator of all the bad stuff. Yeah. Totally. Uh, he even like to the extent that he was calling himself Morgan right at the at the end of the season until yeah. then he was like no now I am evil but I'm just like Howard why why is anybody gonna be like yeah Morgan you're bad news and I'm just like it doesn't, make know, sense. Right? it doesn't make sense at all so anyway that's where we are we know the identical twin brother of Emil uh, Josiah is now out to get Morgan we know Strand doesn't like Morgan. Again, Morgan's persona non grata. And uh, I guess we're going to find out more about our CRM crew, hopefully, uh, in the next episode. It looked but... like the uh, the preview shots, which I didn't watch any of it, but uh, it either. was June and John Dory. Um, oh, so maybe we having, got them. Having some sort of sweet moment together in their bunker. Well, there we are. But... Um... Anyway, I look forward to tearing apart this season with you, Stuart. Um, can't wait for Kim Dickinson to arrive and maybe we'll see what happens. I do. I am looking forward to her reunion with Strand, which has to happen. Right. So, I mean, it's her um, and Alicia. It's it's yeah, it's Kim Dickens and Alicia Debenham Carey and Coleman Domingo are the only three left on the show. I guess Daniel yeah. Salazar is around somewhere. Where yeah. the hell did he go? He's with the CRM group. So okay. him and uh, Lucia. So sorry, Kim Dickens, not Dickinson. And um, but anyway, I, you know, I, I have no faith that this will get better, but hopefully it will. And uh, we'll continue. We'll continue our rants about it. But yeah. um, I, I wonder also what happened to that lake, the lake town people yeah, yeah. Uh, also to Victor's old community. And if this show has just casually said they're all dead then it's just this i think this is a shambles goldberg ism where yeah. they build the they build things up and then they just cast them aside and don't give a crap 
um and they kind of they and yet then they'll also be like well we never showed them to die on screen so we can bring them back later which they're doing with kim dickens which they did with cole was it cole or colt uh, last season when he showed up the the remainders of the stadium people and they were just road bandits oh now. that's right that's right um, um they could do that with him didn't they so I'm either they should show that these people are still existing somehow. Like all the people from the apartment building were at Lake town, right? Not the apartment building, yep. the office building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and so the, they, I feel like they need to put some closure on some of these other story elements that they did develop a little bit. Cause Nora, I believe was her name. The woman who was wearing like the, the power suit. Um, mm-hmm. They, they developed this character a little bit and then they, they can't just leave them all on the wayside. They have to actually do something with them. That'll be one of my requests of this season is that they don't just say, I mean, uh, I forget what Strand's place was called. We spent a fair amount of time there too, but all of those characters that we knew from there, like Ginny, were all dead. So it right. was like a bunch of faceless extras anyway. Not that sad to see that community go. Um, uh, so whatever but lake town at least i feel like we could benefit from seeing some, whatever might have happened to it i don't know i don't think you're, you're gonna get your wish no, but we'll see but... Maybe, unless they can conveniently bring some of those people back for their own purposes but i think this is going to be all about strands little tower the whatever padre is with kim dickens and alicia um and then the morgan and morgan grace june and john show so and, and uh, uh, don't forget Sherry and. Oh, that's right. I guess we do Blake. have. A, we So anyway, they're going to and that's going to be a lot of trouble to bring all these groups back together in CRM people. So yep. anyway, um, but I would love to hear what people think about it. So send us an email uh, reanimated podcast at gmail dot com. Uh, you can tweet at us reanimated PCAST, or you can leave a note on our web page, which is reanimatedpodcast.com. And so we'll talk about the next couple episodes next time. And we may have to do more than two at a time, Stuart. We may. Uh-huh. I don't know if I can. <laughs> I don't know if I can slog through all this two at a time. But Part we'll two of season seven is coming out soon. Yeah. I know. We'll have to see what happens. Uh, but anything else to add? No, I, I think I think I've taken all the disappointment I can for right now. So let's, let's put this <laughs> aside and get back to it again in the future. All right. Until next time. Ciao. Adios.